CBD FX's CBD products are formulated to boost overall wellness and deliver calm vibes for daytime and nighttime use. CBD FX uses only organically grown hemp and all natural ingredients. CBD FX's best selling line of CBD products features wellness boosting CBD and legal Delta 9 THC gummies, oil tinctures, capsules, pens, and other products. Visit CBDFX.com today and use code Genius to get 25% off site wide plus a free CBD bath bomb with your first purchase. The code is GENIUS, G-E-N-I-U-S. Don't miss this special 25% off offer for Finding Genius listeners, only at cbdfx.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. Today I have Dr. Leroy Hood. He's a co-author of The Age of Scientific Wellness, Why the Future of Medicine is Personalized, Predictive, Data-Rich, and In Your Hand. So we're going to talk about Dr. Hood's work. And the book, Dr. Hood had developed the DNA sequencing technology that made possible the Human Genome Project, which is awesome. And he's a co-founder of the Institute for Systems Biology. Uh, so he's really a pioneer in the fields of systems biology, proteomics, and what's called P4 medicine. So welcome, Leroy. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. If you would tell me a bit about your background and then talk about your current book. Well, I have an MD and a PhD. I, early in my scientific career as an assist professor at Caltech, was very interested in human biology kind of daunted by the complexity back in 1970 of humans and how little we knew about them. And that consideration pushed me into a series of really paradigm-changing ideas. The first was developing a whole series of six different instruments, including the automated DNA sequencer. It made us made it possible to look at individuals and generate big data, which is the beginning of starting to deconvolute all of the complexity. A second consideration that I really was interested in with humans is back in 1970, very little external information was interested, was available about humans. And it became to me clearer than blood is a window in which to look at uh, both wellness and disease. And that's because blood bathes all your organs. They secrete molecules into it. And if you can quantify those molecules and see how they change over time, you can get good indices of whether organs are well and or sick. And if they're sick, even some hints about what they might be. And then finally, it was clear to me that what was key to generating all of these data was the ability to integrate it coherently so it could reflect and deconvolute the complexity of human beings. And that led eventually to the concept of systems biology, which is the simple idea that you look at a biological system you're interested in 
not studying it by one gene or one protein at a time, but you look at it in a global and a holistic manner. You try and generate as much data about it as possible, and you integrate that data together and look at its dynamics over time. And that allows you to get insights then into the biological networks that underpin both normal and disease physiology. And that's really the route by which I've come to thinking now about what we call precision population health, which is the idea we take individuals and we generate on them an enormous amount of data. And we use the systems biology approach to assess how well they are and our ability then to optimize that wellness. And we assess whether or not they're in the early stages of disease. And that's something we'll be able to prevent. Not now, but... What do you mean? What kind of data is being collected? Or So the kind nice of data that are being collected is your entire genome sequence. So that's the source code for human development and growth. And... Then we also collect the phenome, which is essentially what causes you to change over time as you develop from an infant all the way up to an aged person. Did you say the epigenome or the phenome? No, I I said the phenome. And the three things that go into the phenome are your genome, are your personal behavior, and are your environmental exposure. And we can study those things by doing your whole genome sequence, by looking at blood proteins, blood metabolites, blood clinical chemistries. Quick question. Are you able to do epigenetic analysis? Absolutely. You can do epigenetic analyses as well. And as I look at uh, epigenetic analysis, look at like methylations and histone deacetylations or? You look at the methylations that are present on the C basis, okay? And analyzing those gives you an estimate of the methylation blocks their ability to express genes nearby and closely related. And so epigenetics is essentially a way of modulating the genome so it expresses different levels of genes and ultimately of proteins. So how much of this data that's desired to be collected has already been collected and what's left uncollectable right what would help? Yeah, the major project we've done to date was to create a company called Aerovail in 1915 that lasted for four years and over that period of time collected genome and phenome data on 5,000 people. And the analysis of that data has led to more than 30 papers and scientific journals. And it has given us beautiful glimpses of various aspects of how to optimize wellness, how to be able to assess your biological age and decrease your aging, how to look at your metabolic profiles and determine whether they're healthy or unhealthy. And in fact, how to identify the earliest stage transition points in in slipping from wellness to chronic disease and using those early stage transitions to identify a point when we can begin to create a therapy that can reverse the disease at its early stage before it's ever clinically manifest. And the idea is you don't need cancer or diabetes if we can really succeed in doing this. But who has, cat- had, who has categorized 
what early stage transitions look like for different diseases. Is that available and who has, who has done such a thing? We've done it with Aravail and looking at these 5,000 people over four years. And we saw almost 200 of them transition from well state to a chronic disease. And we actually analyzed the bloods in individuals prior to their diagnosis, 10 different individuals that transitioned to cancer. And for each of the 10, we were able to demonstrate there were proteins that signaled the transition one to four years prior to the time they got clinical diagnosis. What do you mean proteins that signal like there was a it, it changed the level of these proteins. It increased them enormously compared to the normal individuals at that same stage. And in fact, in one case, the proteins we study carefully mapped beautifully into disease perturbed biological networks characteristic of uh, stage four pancreatic cancer, which is what the woman was diagnosed with. But what do you think this happens? Why the overproduction? of certain proteins. Is this that are just doing their, what they normally do? Nope. It's just a reflection of the fact the neoplastic process has started. And when it starts, it starts changing the level of genes and proteins that are expressed. And we're just catching it at a very early state before the disease has gotten complicated and generally quite intractable and almost always inaccessible to single drugs to reverse chronic diseases back to normal. CBD affects full-spectrum and broad-spectrum CBD products are formulated to boost overall wellness and deliver calm vibes for daytime and nighttime use. CBDFX is offering our listeners an exclusive 25% off, which I think is very generous, plus a free CBD bath bomb with your first purchase when you use the code GENIUS. Don't miss this special 25% off offer. For Finding Genius listeners, only at CBDFX.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX. But when you say the neoplastic process, that would be undertaken by cancer cells or healthy cells that are somehow changing? Like no, no. These are cells that have transferred to a cancer state, and they're starting to change their biological networks and the proteins they, they use in those networks. So they're not visible to, let's say, microscopy or histology, but you can see that the, the the increased production of certain proteins is a very early sign that cancer will come. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Uh, and these proteins almost certainly are coming before you'd ever see any change in pathology, or at least a very large change in pathology. And of course, that would be difficult if you're thinking about pancreatic cancer. You'd have to go into the person and actually do histology on the pancreas, which is not a very easy thing to do without major operations. But if you can take just a little bit of blood and show the transition is occurred with proteins in the blood, then it's a very easy diagnostic tool for saying, you've had a transition. The transition is probably going to go to this kind of cancer. We have to start thinking about a preventive therapy for that progressing any further. The nature of the proteins that are now being created in abundance, uh, what, what kind of proteins are being created and what's the significance of that? The proteins whose quantities change are those that participate in 
disease-perturbed biological networks that underlie the, the cancer basis. They're signaling molecules, they're interaction molecules, they may be immune molecules, but these are all molecules that are a part of the cancer process. What about exosome production from, uh, you know, from cancer cells? Are you looking at that? Is there an early way to see like, a, you know, like the proteins being expressed, are they are they the payload for various uh, extracellular vesicles that are put out by cells or like are they free floating? And again, extracellular vesicles themselves, are you characterizing them to look for additional signals? We are. I think exosomes offer a very interesting example of a potential diagnostic package. So the idea is disease-perturbed cells have a tendency to export little cellular membranes that contain packs of proteins and of RNA for messenger and so forth. And right now we're designing techniques so we'll be able to capture exosomes from the blood and to individually analyze the molecules that are present in a single exome and to look at the cell surface proteins on the exome, which will identify the organ from which the exosome has been secreted. And that will give us A, the location of the disease-perturbed organ, and B, through the contents of the exosome, proteins and RNA will give us deep insights into the nature of the disease mechanism itself. So can all this be collected? Or what, with what's being collected now, you know, what does this look like? And, uh, you know, is this analysis uh, commercially available? Is it clinically available to, you know, to one's doctor? Or how do people get this extensive analysis? The kind of analysis that I've described was available from 2015 to 19 with the company Aerovale. There are many functional practitioners who are interested in proteins and metabolites and supplements and things like that, looking at disbalances and correcting those. But the project that I'm really pushing with a nonprofit company I started two years ago called Phenome Health is taking the Airvale approach and creating, in a sense, a project very much like a second genome project, which we call the Human Phenome Initiative. The idea there is to persuade the government to support a program which over a 10-year period of time will analyze a million people with regard to their genome and their phenome. And we are utterly convinced that with those kind of data, one, we can unequivocally improve the increase in quality of healthcare that comes from optimizing scientific wellness and being able to prevent disease as I described it. And number two, I think we can also demonstrate that if we cut back significantly on chronic diseases by reversing them before they ever clinically manifest, and say we cut back even 25% over a 10-year period, today chronic diseases are 86% of our total yearly healthcare budget of $4.4 trillion. 25% of that obviously would be in an excess of a trillion dollar saving. So we're arguing that such a program of Data-driven wellness could absolutely revolutionize healthcare and replace the enormous data disease-driven focus our healthcare has today, wellness and prevention. Well, how expensive is this testing and how long does it take? Is it very specialized where only certain labs can do it? 
So the process isn't all that specialized. There are a number of different labs that could do various things. But just as with the Genome Project and the Human Phenome Project, we're proposing we have a significant amount of money to develop these technologies and make them more miniaturized, make them more rapid, make them far less expensive. And one of the key areas we're going to be exploring are all the different measures of digital health that can be done to look at brain health, at body health, and at gut microbiome health. You can see a time in the future when more and more wellness will be practiced in the home. And in fact, you'll be able to take a droplet of blood and measure the 5,000 elements we'd like to be able to optimize wellness and prevention in ways similar to what I described and then send those data off to a data analysis mechanism, perhaps a chat GPT, and that A will in turn send it to your physician and it'll come back to you in the way of prioritized actional possibilities that are unique for each individual, adjusting to the deficiencies and shortcomings they have and optimizing individually wellness and the ability to prevent disease for each. So again, is this clinically available, even if it's a patchwork of different texts and labs? Like if I wanted to do this today, could I even do it? If you wanted to do it today, you could do it, but you'd have to do it in bits and pieces from different labs. And you'd have to have all of the information necessary to integrate and generate the actionable possibilities and so forth. So it's not something an individual can do. But I will say we are talking to at least two different major hospital systems about the idea of introducing into their family practices the beginnings of a genome-phenome project where we can begin to make measurements like your biological age and how to optimize it, or your metabolic profile, a biological BMI that gives you a really accurate assessment of your metabolism and responds very rapidly to differences in diet and exercise and all of the other things that the classic BMI method with height and weight failed to do. Any estimate of the cost and the time involved and the effort, again, if you were to do it today, and then what do you think is a reasonable number and availability in the future in order to make it a widespread one? To put it in perspective, the first human genome project where we sequenced just one genome cost about $3 billion. And I think this project where we'll sequence a million genomes and at the same time we'll do a million phenomes, we feel will probably cost uh, around $5 billion or so. With the technologies, we'll be able to do just what we did for the Genome Project. The Genome Project catalyzed the development and the automated DNA sequencing that decreased by six to seven orders of magnitude. That is more than 10 million fold the cost of DNA sequencing. And we would like to see similar reductions in the cost of phenomic analysis, which is the largest share of the expense for the, this uh, procedure. Right. So right now, it, again, to get all this testing would be what, 10 grand or more? Or what would you guess it would be? If you could go to a system that knows how to do it and has the software to handle it, it would be about $6,000 a year. Have you tried to do this? I did it in Aerofail and the result astounding for me over a four-year period. 
what were they astoundingly good or were like were you afraid to do it astoundingly and good it instructed me on how to optimize my wellness i lost about 25 pounds in that four-year period by intermittent fasting and good healthy food and so forth in every way it was really an exciting and transformational experience and right now, my biological age is about 15 years younger than my chronologic age. And that means I'm in my 60s now rather than my 80s. Okay. Well, that's excellent. Well, there's not only getting the, the testing done, but then the interpretation of it. And then the what do you do about it part? You know, do you the hardest it? part of it is persuading people that they have to take control of their own health and they're responsible for carrying out all the actionable possibilities that data-driven health have raised for you. Yep, I, no, I understand. So what is the timeline to where you think this is going to become more publicly accessible? Like, is the first action item to get a lab that can do everything all together? Or what would be, like, big step forward? If, what do you I think, think a big step forward would be if we got a healthcare system or two to actually join with us in their family practice system to be, begin bringing genome phenome analyses to a real healthcare system. And we'd set up all the mechanisms necessary for gathering the information and then for generating the actionable possibilities and aid the doctors and bringing this information back to their patients and so forth. A second program that we're probably going to be starting within a month or so is a very data-rich diabetes study with a clinical partner, Guardian Research Network, which is in 13 states in the South and Southeast and has access to about 30 million different patients. And we're going to take about a thousand patients and do an observational trial for diabetes that we feel over a three or four year period using these genome-phenome analyses will give us as much new data about diabetes as we've learned in the last 50 years, and I think will put us in a very powerful position to be able to assess diabetes early and to trigger the simple remedial preventive events that will avoid the diabetes diagnosis for most patients in the future. So we're going to be looking at major chronic diseases like diabetes and cancer with these data-driven approaches, and we think they'll revolutionize how we think about dealing with these diseases, particularly at the earliest level before clinical diseases manifest so we can begin to reverse things with appropriate preventive measure. Okay. What's the timeline on this? There are at least certain aspects of it. Well, the diabetes project, we will get started within the next quarter. And the cancer project, we hope to start at the beginning of next year. The projects with one or more hospital systems will depend on negotiations that are now underway to see if they're going to really be interested in doing this at this point in time. Well, I mean, diabetes, tremendous input is diet. So, you know, it would be great if you could tell people really early on, hey, you're in a pre-diabetic state and, you know, you're headed for it. I mean, that really, it's already accomplished. But this exactly. The preventive measures that we'll institute once we find you're at an early pre-diabetic state. And we'll say, look, you can simply avoid it by doing exercise, by doing diet, by dealing with stress, by, I mean, managing all the classic lifestyle things 
that lead us into disease. I would argue, for example, that Alzheimer's is really a lifestyle disease. It's one that can be avoided if we catch it early and we know how to catch it early now. Okay. No, no, that's great. Well, very good. Dr. Hood, where can people start finding out about all this testing that could be done for the phenome and how do they keep tabs on it so it becomes a clinical reality? Well, I would suggest they look at our website, Phenome Health, and that gives you a lot of information on what we're trying to do and some educational materials where you can learn a lot more about all of these things. And finally, I'll just say that in the book, The Age of Scientific Wellness, we discuss every one of the issues we've talked about the program. And in the last chapter, give you recommendations about how you yourself now personally began in this path toward scientific wellness. Excellent. Well, Dr. Hood, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for thinking about these kind of things that, I don't know, I guess most people in medicine maybe dream about, but don't have a practical, actionable way to get at them. So again, thank you for considering this and trying to bring it to life. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. Remember, before you go, check out CBDFX.com for the best in organic, all-natural CBD products, both for you and your pets. Boost your wellness today and get 25% off your first order, plus get a free CBD bath bomb when you use code GENIUS at checkout. That's code G-E-N-I-U-S. Don't miss this special 25% off offer for Finding Genius listeners only at CBDFX.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.